postseason baseball started today, and I got to say, most people probably woke up and missed that nervous, heart in your throat feeling as playoff games started and the Guardians weren't there. Instead, the Guardians were talking about the end of the Terry Francona era, what's coming next, not what you want to be talking about after a season like after 22. We'll talk about why a manager that everyone is clinging to from the 90s is not going to become the next manager. And what we're seeing in the postseason is what the Guardians need to address in the offseason. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $5. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to get started. Um, I just want to say, people, make sure you're watching the whole episode. There's so many people in the comments about um, Nolan Jones and this and that. I'm like, listen, I said yesterday, he overachieved. He can still be good next year. But you also need to like not go overboard after one year. Uh, if I can give you a perfect example of such a trade, Luke Voigt. Go look how that has worked out oh, for the Cardinals boy. since then. After year one, the Cardinals were morons because Luke Voigt was was a star. And then Giovanni Gallegos and things changed. So not saying that he is Luke Voigt. He could very easily, Cleveland could look like morons in this deal. But listen to the whole argument. Don't <laughs> don't don't rush off right. to a statement. Um, but uh, we do a half hour. Again, I drove... The bandwagon on Nolan Jones. I kept him at number one when everyone put Ty Freeman over him. I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, it's weird. It's the same thing. Like, I remember having to be the one who was like, Lonnie Chisenhall, there's some issues here. And then eventually everyone got so negative on Lonnie. I was the positive guy. And I'm like, this is just, I don't know what to do with myself. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to sit here sometimes and shake my head. Uh, go, go again. I explain how BAPIP works. And please understand that no matter how good a BAPIP is, uh, no one's hitting for there's no such air. thing as a good babbit it just is like it's a yes. thing that exists it's a no it's a hitting... result it's... yeah as i laid out you know luis arez is the king of it and he's at a career 340 if you're expecting someone to not have 60 points ever if you're expecting someone to, to match him for the rest of their career I, I don't know what to tell you for sure for sure all right well unfortunately like i said in the the open uh postseason baseball has started today and I was I was kind of sad waking up because I miss that feeling of being anxious be all day. A long for a time without. Game. Yeah, like just kind of watching the um, the opening ceremonies for the Rays, even though they didn't have great attendance, and the Twins and the and the Twins fans were obviously pretty excited for that game, and it was a good game. Like just the seeing tw- those reactions. The Twins hadn't won since I was fresh out of college. I was, you know, a baby faced. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, baby-faced post-college person with a degree in history and no realization that that meant I qualified for no jobs in life. Um, yeah, things have not, not changed, right? Not, no, not, no, not, so don't get a history the... degree. Don't get a history degree, people. Don't get a history degree. If you take nothing else from this show, if you don't learn what what what. Don't get that, a journalism it, degree. It, you know, don't get. <laughs> If you don't learn what BAPIP is, if you don't learn about WRC+, plus, if you don't learn about history of the draft or prospects, just don't get history and journalism degrees, people. Yeah. So instead of 
being anxious for a Guardians playoff game like we were a year ago. Uh, the Guardians said final farewells to Tito as he is. He won't use the word retiring. He has not used the word retire yet. He is stepping down as manager, and obviously we already knew he needed shoulder surgery. He needs two hernia surgeries. Uh, this guy has had more surgeries than he's had, what, two or three manager of the year awards. I know those are subjective, but like he's having more surgeries this offseason than that. So like the guy just continues to rack up surgeries. His, his body's failing him. Like, I mean, you can I go know. back over the last half decade and everything that's happened, all the times, you know, when DeMario he, and Sandy were the manager, issues. I mean, it's his he heart issues, this. unfortunately. He, he needs to do this. this yeah. Is so he's, like, he's going to take the year off and get healthy. But as we already kind of suspected, they did confirm that uh, whenever Tito is is ready to get back to doing something baseball related, he will have a role with a team that won't be <clears throat> an on field guy, and they don't know they have no definition of what that role is going to be. But Tito will will be here somewhere in Cleveland doing something when he is all healed, which you know, that probably could take a whole year. Um, Jeff's got to heal too over there. Yeah. I understand. Uh, not, nothing really earth shattering from from the final press conference. Just a lot of praise on Francona from from Antonetti. But um, I know there are people who are saying, "What if he gets the itch to to manage again?" And um, you know, I think I even brought up the Urban Meyer thing. And Tito said in the press conference, he said, "If if they if he ever feels the urge to manage again, he doesn't want it to be anywhere else anyway." So uh, at this point, you can just expect that Tito is going to be a Cleveland lifer. This is it. Whatever he ends up doing, that's yeah. where he's going to be. Is that a negative comment? Like in a way, is that one of those things? If you're, if is that going to make someone not want this job? Like you know, when I sit back and you know, it's like, oh, so he, what happens if Tito wants to come back, or what happens if he gets healthy in two years? Like, is that one of those things that hangs up your head at all? It could, I suppose. Like there has that has been the case before in other places. I can't I think. I think Buck Showalter was. In a, a, an advisor role with like Baltimore or maybe it was the Mets before he became the Mets manager. And they were like, ah, oh, he's just going to be manager when he wants to come back. And then he was or something. I forget who it was, but it, that, that has happened somewhere else before. So that's a good point. Um, I don't think it's really going to be that big of a deal, but I mean, it is worth thinking about. Uh, he, he even mentioned, he said, I, he's not going to have any involvement in who the guardians hire. I'm sure. Chris Anthony and Mike Turnoff, as we talked about before, will ask for his opinion, but he says he's going to have no involvement in that, and it's it's going to be totally their decision who they think is best fit to run because he said maybe they want someone who does it differently than me. I don't know. And uh, so I'm sure they will ask for his opinion, as we've mentioned before, but he says he's going to have no input. But you're right. that That's always something to think about. Uh, speaking of Buck Walter, that is not a, uh, a Guardians guy like, Okay, so we're going to talk about Sandy Almar here in a minute, but I know we've said, had some comments. Um, Buck Showalter, Guardians are not. I don't think he's on their list. Um, they, their list included 45 people or 48 people to start, Zach Meisel said. And it's 45 to 48. Since. Yeah, and it's narrowed down since then, and I, I don't believe Buck Showalter's on that list. Also, Ron Washington, also not on that list. Ron Washington is not going to be a manager for anybody at this point. He is one of the oldest coaches in baseball there. He is not getting a job. Look, I think Ron Washington has been a great coach that his career. He's revered for a reason, but he's not managing anywhere. Nowhere. He's done. Yeah. I mean, he's, he is what he is. And once you have a player at that age, or play, I mean, listen, I, I know we had some talk about age discrimination. It's like, 
that's just kind of the truth of the matter. You know, it, it, it's, it's a health matter. Like, look at look at Frank. Like, not every, and not everybody's the same. Like, Tito's obviously got health issues, and um, that's part of this. If he was healthier, he would stay as the manager. If the health issues weren't there, but part of life and getting older, unfortunately, does include health issues. So, if that's how things are going with Tito, I can't imagine this team hiring somebody older than Tito. And that's not an age thing. That's just a direction thing. Like, they're not going to go for a guy they don't want to be a stopgap. That I'm sorry, I don't know how old Ron Washington is, but he is older than Tito, and I don't think that's going to be a long term answer. And that's not where this team wants to turn right now. And that's why, again, nobody nobody is even interviewing Ron Washington at this point. That time has passed. His time as manager is over. He makes a good coach. He's had a great career. But him and, and Buck Showalter, Buck Showalter probably will manage again. And I think he has worked for Cleveland in the past and too in the front office. I think he has been here at one time or other as like an advisor. Because <clears throat> I think there was some talk about him taking a job at some point here too, and he never did. But uh, that's not going to be a guy they interview. They're, they've already cast it out. In fact, we're going to talk about one of those guys who is now on the search list, according to the New York Post, um, from the Yankees. After we talk about Sandy Albar in just one minute. Before we talk about Sandy Elmore, we got to talk about this great deal from FanDuel. If you are in the NFL, if you want to make your Sundays a little more fun, maybe fantasy football is not enough for you. You should download FanDuel if you don't already have it, because right now customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you think about joining FanDuel, no better time to get on the action. Browns are off this weekend. Maybe you want to make your Sunday NFL viewing a little spicier without the Browns to disappoint you. So download the app. You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, all that good stuff. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season. And FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Listen to the playoffs on SiriusXM all postseason long i'm sure you can hear good crowd shots or good crowd mics on there uh nothing like watching a postseason game i had i've had all four postseason games on today fyi i watched not all of them straight through obviously but i've watched a good portion of all of them today while i was working so that was fun um <clears throat> we're gonna talk about that a little bit too as well all right so one of the one of the pieces of news that has come out over the last day or so is that sandy elmar has declined to interview for the Guardians managerial opening. And this is not even news because you and I knew this was going to happen. This was a a poorly kept secret that nobody wanted to come to the realization on that Sandy Elmar hasn't wanted to manage and he wasn't going to manage. I don't think he liked doing it when he got the opportunity. I think like he, you know, dealing with the extra pressure, dealing with the media, dealing with people with second guessing him, you know, Sandy played in an era before, you know, availability all the time. And yeah, he had a weird career. Cause again, he only had two seasons where he played over a hundred games. Like he was hurt all the time. He, he was not front and center. He was always kind of a secondary piece. And I don't think he liked it. And I don't think he had any desire to ever be front and center again. No, I mean, he interviewed for the job when Tito was hired, obviously didn't get it. Um, and he was here with Manny Acton before Tito got here, and he was the acting manager for a weekend. Everybody, 20, everybody just assumed. 
2012. It was the last weekend oh. of 2012. Let's say 2020 um, it was for half this. The- well, yeah, there was that too in 2020 with when Tito's absence, but he was the manager for a weekend before Tito got here when they fired Manny Acta. Um, and you know, I, I wouldn't. I wonder what would have happened if he would have been hired there if Tito didn't decide he wanted to manage here and. Cleveland was like, yeah, we definitely want Tito. I wonder if 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 Almar would have been the front runner and how that would have changed things. We'll never know. But yeah, it's pretty. It's been pretty clear for a while. Like, I think learning from Francona that Almar, you know, Francona is so good at avoiding the spotlight. He never wants the spotlight on him. And I think the reason Tito works or Almar works so well with Tito because it's it's a lot of the same thing. He doesn't want that kind of spotlight. And Almar is good at what he does too. He is a good first base coach, although. Mm-hmm we can argue that the guardians didn't run enough this year. And I don't know if that has anything to do with him or the players or the rules. I'm not really sure on that one. I would love to get more answers on that. Truthfully. Um, yeah. He's good at working with catchers though. Yeah. I mean, there was talk last year about how, like, I think the, the TV crew did a whole segment on how great Alomar is at like getting um, a read on the pitcher's move and, and telling hitter, telling base runners when to go and what to look for in their move. Like and he might still be good at that. The rules may have messed that up, and it, it just seemed like it went away players. this year. Like I mean, they they got caught more often. It felt like, and they just didn't run enough. Right. Yeah. That and that's something we'll unpack in the coming weeks here before while the postseason's going on before we can get into the meaty part of the off season. But so yeah, no no surprise here that Alomar took his name out of the running, and no surprise that Chris Antonetti also said that Alomar's name may be out of. He may not want to manage this team, but he is going to be a part of the team going forward. He didn't lock into a role what that's going to be. Was that intentional? It was probably, you know, because you know. No, no, I meant meant you saying lock into a role. Uh, Oh, locked onto a role, locked into a role. Yeah, I see. I see. Okay. I see what you're getting at there. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, Yeah, I I think it's interesting that, you know, he said that I'm not surprised that he said that Almar will remain with the organization in some capacity. I mean, he didn't say in some capacity. He just said he will remain a big part of the organization going forward. And whatever that ends up being, who knows? It'll be up to maybe the next manager. But it's interesting that this will be, if you know, whatever Almar's role is next year in the coming years, this will be the third manager he has worked under in Cleveland. You don't see that too often. And I saw some sentiment online saying, like, two different things. Uh, one is, well, this obviously means that they're going to hire somebody internal because they want somebody they can control the staff and they want to dictate who their staff is. And that's not good. Uh, and the other half of that was, I think they're going um, external and I'm not the only one who's made that statement repeatedly. Yeah. And the, the other half of that statement was people were saying, well, no one's going to want this job if the team, um, is forcing guys like keep to keep guys like Alomar, like no one's because it means they'll force him to keep Willis and Vileko, yada, yada, yada. And no one's going to want that. Um, I think this is going to be an attractive job. I understand that. Um, it, it doesn't mean too that like that he is here as a coach, like he might be a roving catcher right, coordinator. Like, yeah, they have guys they like and they keep them, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be here in the same role. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason, and it's like, uh, yeah, there's a reason Antonetti didn't say Alomar is going to be our first base coach next season, no matter what. Like he didn't he didn't lock himself into that. He's not locked onto that. See, now I'm doing that purposely. There you go. Yeah, I I don't think it's an issue at all. Like, I think they'll let the next manager, whoever they decide on, will make those decisions. And if the next manager decides, you know, they like somebody else at first base or 
that isn't Alomar, they will move him to a different role. And then yeah. it doesn't have to be on, on the field every single game. It can be a different role. So I don't think that's the issue whatsoever. Um, I also don't think it's a big deal to say that, you know, they're not forcing anybody on, on the new guy. And, and you said the same thing. They might go external. They might go external in terms of the candidate. Like maybe that candidate doesn't exist in the system right now, but maybe he existed before. I mean, you, I know you keep bringing up Bobby Magianis from the Braves. Um, that's a guy who was here before. So he's an external candidate, but he has history here. So, and it's not necessarily a bad thing to maintain continuity. So I wouldn't really read into anything about the Alomar situation other than he doesn't want to be the manager, which again, we have been saying for a while, a long time now. Yeah. I, I know they, Alomar is similar to Tito and he doesn't want the spotlight on him. Don't you think that at some point when they started to broach the topic of um, Tito stepping down, whenever, you know, going through his contract, Mm -hmm. like you always hear guys on certain teams, like say, Oh, this guy's a manager and waiting. Like you always hear that rumor pointing, you know, going around when managers are at the end of their tenure, or if there's a rising manager star on someone's bench, like Joe Espada has been a guy for years on the, Astros bench that people keep saying is going to be a manager soon. Like, wouldn't we have heard that with Alomar by now? I know they don't really let those things yeah. leak out, but wouldn't we have heard that news out to the like? He wasn't even in the media in the and, past few years, I, right? He stopped interviewing almost right after Tito got hired. Like that was it. He hasn't really interviewed since. Wouldn't we have heard before this? Like, hey, Alomar's a manager in waiting. Just yeah, depends I, on who wants to hire him. But so you get manager, should we? Do we want to talk Carlos Mendoza? <clears throat> now before we go break. Is... he's uh venezuelan so we know how much they have liked uh getting catchers from venezuela right isn't that where they sign all of their international catchers former infielder um it's true you know uh who spent 13 years in the minors uh you know the common theme of not a productive player at the big league level but has been the bench coach uh with new york replaced josh bard there uh, as a fun little fact, uh, obviously bilingual. I think that's something to talk about. I think that's something, you know, when we talked about you, and you look at this team and there are a lot of players who understand English when it's not their first language. I mean, it, you know, any of the Hispanic players understand English so much more than I understand Spanish. Uh, I hate when people get lazy about, about that. It's like they, they're putting in a lot of extra work, but it also makes it kind of easier when you're bilingual. Like uh, like someone like Mendoza or Magallana would be, and a lot of people are kind of. I saw in our comments. Um, I think every, maybe every day or Billy the Fish. Billy the Fish was at least very active today, um, talking about like, oh, I think they want someone who's been under the big lights, like Tito was. I, you know, I don't even know if it's that. Um, the, right now, we're just getting the candidates from teams who didn't make the postseason. You know, I I, mm-hmm. I, I might talk Magallanes. Other people have talked Kevin Seitzer, who's the other hitting coach there. Uh, those guys you can't interview. Like, there's also a bit of a wait and see factor right now. And uh, Mendoza's interesting, but I also think these early candidates like Alvarez and Mendoza aren't necessarily the dudes. I could be wrong, but you don't interview, especially if there's some guys that like from other teams that are in the postseason. You're, you're gonna kind of want to put some of your favorites together, right? Like. The first guy in is is rarely the guy you hire as your manager. And especially if they have 40, start at 45 to 48 candidates, I bet they're going to interview close to 10 people. Uh, so there's going to be people to talk to. And I almost feel like 
the early names are the less likely names, but maybe that's just placement from. There are some like guys to. that you you just interview because they might be future managers. Like you're you're interviewing them to find out what they might be down the road, or you're even interviewing them because maybe the guy you're hiring <clears throat> might be interested in putting them on their staff. Like maybe you're you're networking kind of like okay, this guy might be linked to certain guys. Like you. It's not uncommon to hear guys get interviewed way ahead of when they actually become managers. Like they start interviewing you, you know, years in advance. Yeah, it is a like chance. Carlos Mendoza. To yeah. Carlos Mendoza was up, uh, interviewed last year for the White Sox job before Pedro Giffal got it. So there's that. Um, he's an interesting guy. And I think, you know, we need to talk about too. I think we've mentioned it before. But we didn't really have a good discussion about it uh, of what qualities and a manager are important or what makes sense for this team. And obviously bilingual is one of those. So we're going to continue to get into that today and some other stuff before we uh, wrap up today's episode. And our other fantastic sponsor today, good friends at bird dogs. I'm not going to show you. I'm currently wearing bird dog shorts as well as a hat. Why am I wearing my shorts? Cause they're clean. <laughs> they're clean. I wear them. <laughs> uh, they're comfortable. I love them. I have three pairs of bird dog shorts. They've sent us. They are my three favorite pairs of shorts. Uh, I just really enjoy how they feel. They are comfortable. They fit well. And again, for me, everything is all about comfort. Uh, I just really enjoy a good, comfortable everything. Like I was looking for uh, listeners. I'm looking for a comfortable slip-on shoe. My shoes are done. I love a slip-on. I have to tie it up. So let me know in the comments if you have a recommendation for that. But I'm looking for that. And I'm looking for things like bird dogs. And again, I wear these as a work pant. It's a comfortable good looking short and i i just can't recommend it enough i love this and uh i i don't know about the free water bottle they're giving now but i the hat's great the yeti style mug they gave us is great this water bottle you get when you order i guarantee is high quality because everything is high quality so go to bird dog slash locked on mlb or enter the promo code locked on mlb at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on mlb for a free water bottle at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you Before you go into your your bit, I got to leave those out there in terms of humor. Uh, our, our official ad read says birddogs.com slash locked on XXX. So I almost read it that way. And then I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a second. That that would be. <laughs> that might <laughs> take you to a website. You don't want to. Don't go to that website. But because, you know, <laughs> all the, everyone has to, you know, put in their official thing. Uh, and it's got a little code underneath with with all of them in case you don't know, like NHL, MLB college mba and a very simple stuff but i almost because I, I when i get into the ad read i just look right at him like, i'm like <laughs> x, 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 oh no like don't, don't. but go to, uh, go to lock go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb not any other okay. address um none, but none of the other ones we want you to go to MLB. very quickly if you're want to listen to the postseason go to sirius xm they've got you covered just type whatever team you're looking for in uh so let's now that we've done that back to the discussion yeah, I, I found this article funny too. I, I wanted to bring up Mendoza really quickly. It's he has some sort of pregame ritual that he does before every Yankees game, where he tosses forty sunflower seeds into the grass behind home plate. Yeah, I saw this one. Yeah, one for each guy on the uh, extended Yankees roster, and then he recites an unknown prayer as he does it. So that's you know, I like a guy with superstition, even if you're just a little stitious. That's uh, that's I'm a, a lot stitious. 
That is a lot of decisions. I'm I'm a fan. You never know. Those those quirky things can always be little uh, team building things. He's only 43, so he's he's fairly young um, in terms of management. I mean, he's he's come up through the Yankee system all these years, and the quotes about him are pretty good. I mean, from Brian Cashman. Extremely talented, superior candidate for next chair in the industry. Fortunate right now he's here. Served us well at every step of the way. His day is coming. He's going to be a major league manager, and he's going to be good at it. And that's the thing with some with Alomar. Like, that you that was something people said about Alomar before the Tito era, and now people have stopped saying that. And I, and I don't think it's because he's no longer a good coach or wouldn't be a good manager. I think it's just that they stopped saying it because people know his intention or the time has just passed, so he's – you know, not going to be anymore. Um, but Mendoza is the second guy confirmed that we know is good. Cleveland's going to talk to. And like Jeff said, um, these are both candidates that with, with uh, teams that are no longer playing. So unless one of these guys they talk to before the postseason ends, before another guy they like with a team that's still in there gets knocked out, unless that guy just absolutely comes in and, blows them away and, and convinces them this is the guy we don't have to keep searching. I don't I don't think you're gonna see them. I don't do even this think they would be willing to do that. Like I feel like they go through and set up too much of everything that they would never just blow it off. Like, nope, we have a plan, we have a process, you stick to the plan, you stick to the process. I mean, to be fair, they did hire Tito while the postseason was still going on that year. I think that was but just a again case that's of like they couldn't well because he was that. available. Yeah. Well yeah that's what I'm saying. So if if one of these guys came in and just convinced them that they were the guy, they would just hire him. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Like that's the only way I could see it. And Tito, they, they were convinced right away because they didn't think we could get Tito and they did. So they hired him. They didn't wait for the postseason to end. They didn't want to interview anybody else because they knew they were going to do better than, than Tito. Um, and if one of these guys proves that that's the same case here, then yeah, maybe, but I, I think you're right there. They have already put a lot of names out there as it is narrowing it down from 45 to 48. There's already been reports in that lost <laughs> a wide search. So I, yeah, I think you're going to keep hearing names and as, as teams get knocked out, if there's a guy, I think you will hear about it. I, I think being like you mentioned, being bilingual is extremely important. Um, I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary. Like, I don't think it's like, okay, we can't hire someone that's not bilingual. I don't think that's the case, but I do think it's an absolute plus that could be a separator. If you, can't decide between two guys that are equally good candidates. Um, we talked about the Albernez doing pitch com. That shows a level of communication and, and working with some advanced stuff. Maybe makes a ton of sense. I don't know. The thing, the thing that sticks out to me in the Tito era is like the communication is the most important part, right? Everyone talks about what a good communicator he was. And I think you see a lot of guys, get fired from organizations because communication wasn't good or there were issues, you know, with the, in the clubhouse with coaches and there there was, there was some era or some level of toxicity or dysfunction. And the best way to get rid of dysfunction is to communicate. Right. Yeah. I think that makes the most sense. And obviously being bilingual, it, makes you better at communicating because you know two languages and you made a good point. People got to stop talking about how, ah, why doesn't this guy do interviews in English? Like Jose Ramirez understands English. Jose Ramirez can speak English. 
but there's a difference between speaking it on camera and speaking it with your buddies. And um, I wouldn't want to give an interview in a language that is not mine, the one I know. Correct. Yeah. Not unless I've been speaking both from a, for a long time, which which Ramirez has not been doing that. And and Andres Jimenez, Andres Jimenez, I will give a ton of credit to this year. He his interviews this year have been great. He's done a little bit of mixed, you know, some some of them in English, some in Spanish. His English is, was fantastic this year. He's come a long way, and that's great. But that's not going to be every guy. And you know, it's it's more about them not wanting to say something on camera that they don't want to be. They don't want to be misinterpreted. They want what they're saying to be said the correct way. Um, has nothing to do with, with being lazy. It has nothing to do with the fact they can't speak or learn. Trust me. All of them understand English better than you would understand Spanish. Like anybody out there saying they're lazy. Like that's just not the case. Uh, but having a bilingual manager would be would be very interesting. And I think uh, even if they don't have that, like I said, maybe it's a separator between if you can't decide between two good candidates. No, agreed. It, it's, you know, everything you got to put it all in on scales basically and figure out, you know, what is it's, it's like anything in baseball. You just have to try to figure out what the balance is. And I feel like at the end of the day, it's, it may not push anyone over the top, but, but it's, it's an extra value. It's, it's definitely a bonus. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. I feel like we're getting a candidate every few days here. So uh, we'll be having lots of them to talk about. Yeah, we'll try to balance episodes between news and just some off-season stuff, evaluations, and some other ideas. And again, if you have any other ideas you want us to hear us tackle, please feel free to leave those in the comments or, or on Twitter. Um, I was going to point. Some, oh, can I point out something else about analytics too? Because I saw yes. a lot of discussion too that, um, well, it, being a manager who runs analytics doesn't work. Analytics isn't something you have to like. It's not a religion. Like you don't have to abide by it like a Bible. Analytics are used to inform decisions. They're not the boogeyman. It's not, well, the book says this, so we have to do this. Like, no, anal- it's data. Data is used to inform all decisions. You go to Google. When you want to buy a car, you go to Google, you research reviews. That's data. No different than getting a guy's matchup numbers or um, Dave Roberts talked about uh, earlier this season using a pinch hitter uh, who has a swing, a swing path that matches a guy's fastball. Like those are... It was a, it was a decision made based off of data to, to try to make a better decision. By the way, it worked out. Um, it's all about making decisions based on data, not just kind of you know flying by the seat of your pants. Why'd you make the decision? I don't know. I just made it. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't do any. Would you? Do you want a manager that did any that did research? Or you want a manager that just decided? I don't know. Just because I felt like it. I want a guy that does research. No. Yeah, but I mean that's kind it's of like the boogeyman. That's that's like everything anymore, where we're more willing to take, you know, I know this guy down the street who's got an opinion rather than an expert. Like we see that in, in lots right. of Right. Go to the expert, even if it's a pawn stars expert, even if it's staged. Um yeah, I, I was gonna get into one quick stat before we got yeah. out of here too. Sarah Langs had a great uh tweet today. Um 48% or 47% of runs last postseason were scored by the home run and teams that home of their opponents in the postseason last year, 22 and six. They were 22 and 25 and two and 21 power matters. We're going to get into how important it is for the guardians to address power this offseason. Oh, by the way, this day in guardian Indians history, Tony Pena's walk off against the Red Sox. Speaking of playoffs, we'll get you an AFL update tomorrow. We will. Uh, thank you all for listening, reading and reviewing, downloading. It helps commenting and being active. 
even as things feel a little inactive for the Guardians. But uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. And go, go, Guardians, go.